Are you listening to this on Spotify right now? You should be. On Spotify, you can listen to all your favorite artists and podcasts in one place for free. You don't even need a premium account. Spotify has a huge catalog of podcasts on every topic, including the one you're listening to right now. On Spotify, you can follow your favorite podcasts so you never miss an episode. Premium Spotify users can download episodes to listen to offline, so wherever you are, you can hear me. It'll be like we're on that vacation in the mountains together. And of course, you can easily share what you're listening to with your friends on Instagram. If you haven't done so already, be sure to download the Spotify app and search for Be Reasonable with your moderator, Chris Paul. Or you can browse to find new podcasts in the tab marked Your Library. Oh, and make sure to follow me so you never miss an episode of Be Reasonable. Acting as moderator for tonight's broadcast. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. I ran out of kale, so now I'm juicing the tumbleweed. It's high noon for Wednesday, August 26th, 2020. And shit is getting wild. Kenosha, Wisconsin was once again set on fire with very peaceful riots. And a rioter got himself shot. Multiple rioters got themselves shot and killed. A 17-year-old kid, white kid, who's being painted as a uh, right-wing extremist, who knows if he is or not, but he's white, so that's what they call him. And someone threw a Molotov cocktail at him last night, and he shot the guy. And then he ran down the street people tried to attack him for shooting the guy and so he shot more guys he called the cops on himself while the rioters were screaming call the police which is a bit of a contradiction in what their platform is you know their political platform that they're trying to enact through terrorism And that's what this is, by the way, political violence and trying to intimidate people into going along with their political point of view, which just happens to be the most deplorable political point of view you can possibly imagine. It is communism on the back of racism. And this is where the extreme left is now. And the entire party is complicit in it. Joe Biden has not denounced rioting. The mayors in these uh, cities have not tamped down the rioting at all with the use of their police force. They're all Democrats. And I don't know what they can do to stop this anymore because the Democratic mayors in these cities are clearly more afraid of the mob than they are of anything else. If Joe Biden were to come out today and say that all these Democratic mayors should 
you know, lock down their cities and obey the police and stop rioting. I don't believe that anyone would stop rioting. They seem to want to provoke state violence against them. And the state uses violence to stop criminals. That is what the state does. The threat of state violence, the threat of having your freedom taken away from you, those are the legal recourses for criminals. And these are criminals. They are burning down cities. They are destroying people's lives and livelihoods. I don't know if anyone saw the uh, videos from these riots, but they're very sad. There are two reporters who I've been following on Twitter who have been present in Seattle and in Portland and uh, now in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Their names are Julio Rosas and Shelby Talcott, T-A-L-C-O-T-T. And they are on the ground providing video as it happens every night. And it's depressing and it's scary and it's sad. Uh, It's not good, obviously, that society has gotten to this point. It is good to see what this point actually is because the news isn't showing anyone. And that's a goddamn shame. A responsible media would have prevented all of this, all of it. But they did not choose to go that direction. As I said back in March or April, whenever the podcast started, it seems pretty clear to me that the media made a choice to report everything through the lens of whether or not what they were reporting helped or hurt Donald Trump's election chances. And I said they were taking a huge gamble by doing that. And it turns out four or five months later, that's exactly right. They are losing ground every day to Donald Trump. I don't know why anybody would believe that they are up 10 points to begin with since they don't act at all like they are. But the rioting has crossed anyone's line at this point. Any reasonable person at this point is rejecting this. And they may not be rejecting it publicly, but they are, they are beginning to understand what this actually is. And the thing is, it's been this the entire time. It's been this for five years. And everyone ignored it. They denied that Antifa even exists. And this includes Democratic politicians who are in elected office. And this includes Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, neither of whom has denounced this violence. The media has not denounced the violence except for, you know, Tucker Carlson and some people on Fox News. But you can't find CNN and MSNBC denouncing this violence. Nicole Hannah-Jones, the uh, historical fiction writer who tried to make history more racist for the New York Times and won a Pulitzer Prize for doing so, said that rioting was not violence and destruction of property was not violence. I would like to see her tell that to the couple who seemed to be around 60 years old, whose furniture 
store was burned to the ground. Kenosha looks like a war zone. There's drone footage of it. If you can watch it, go ahead. It's so disturbing. And this poor woman was just bawling like we didn't do anything. Why did this happen to us? And I think that that's what a lot of the country is probably wondering right now, too, because it turns out that just indiscriminately calling all white people racist was not a great strategy. But these people are still being glorified. And by these people, I mean, Robin DiAngelo and Ibram Kendi, uh, these people that believe that they are anti-racist by calling all white people racist and then demanding certain actions and behavior and then trying to destroy people who don't comply with their worldview. And that furniture store was a business that the parents of that couple, I think the parents of the guy, the husband, had started 40 years ago. They had been in that location for 31 years. This is their livelihood. They employ people. They go to work at this place. They've put so much love and care into their business. And this mob of amoral assholes just came and burned it down. And then they went across the street to a used car dealership and burned all the cars down too. It looks like a war zone in Kenosha, just like it looked like a war zone in Minneapolis. And Wisconsin's Democratic governor chose not to request National Guard as he was advised to do by law enforcement in Kenosha. They advised him to take 750 National Guard troops. He finally yesterday uh, said that they would be fine with 250. I think that maybe he has updated that since then. But when you allow rioting, you are responsible for the results of that rioting. And now we have Democratic governors in Minnesota, in Wisconsin, in California, in New York, in Washington, and in Oregon who are allowing their cities to be destroyed, allowing their residents to be intimidated and harmed, allowing their businesses to be destroyed, allowing people's lives to be ruined because they have decided that this violence is justified due to what they perceive to be systemic racism. Now, also yesterday, New George Floyd documents came out, including a, an autopsy that says he died from fentanyl, a fentanyl overdose. And you don't have to take a lot of fentanyl to die. In fact, people die from fentanyl all the time in very small doses. I know about people who have died from doing what they thought was cocaine, but was laced with fentanyl and their heart stops. And that's where we are. And on the body cam footage for George Floyd, you can see him shove drugs into his mouth because he was trying to hide it from the police officers so that he didn't get tagged for drug possession. 
also yesterday, documents from Kentucky courts came out showing exactly what happened in the Breonna Taylor situation. And it turns out that not only did they not knock, not only was she not in bed, but the police officers were fired upon by the guy that was there with her because she was protecting murderers and drug dealers and holding cash and drugs for them. Now, I'm not saying she deserved to die at all, but when you are accomplice to violent crime and the person you're with starts shooting at police officers, all bets are off. I don't know where we are in society that we think shooting at police officers and being involved in criminal activity, like violent criminal activity, means that the cops then murdered you and should be arrested. It's sad what's happening. Don't get me wrong. I don't want anybody to die. But the fact that this has been made into a race narrative where cops are hunting black people is deplorable. The media is deplorable. They did this. The entertainment community did this. They don't wait to find out what's going on. They don't care what's going on. In fact, they actively tried to hide what's going on. The George Floyd body cam footage could have come out the next day. And all of this could have been prevented if people cared about being responsible. But instead, Minnesota's Attorney General Keith Ellison, who has taken pictures with the Antifa handbook, chose not to release the body footage. It leaked nine weeks after the incident. That body camera footage would have taken away the race narrative altogether. And it probably would have, to most reasonable people, taken away the idea that George Floyd died because Derek Chauvin's knee was on his neck. Why did we only hear that the autopsy was done by an independent coroner when it was clear that the actual autopsy showed something different? No one should put up with this. And now they're rioting again over Jacob Blake, who had the cops called on him, who fought with the cops, who had a knife in his hand. And reports are, we don't know yet, but reports are that he was saying he was getting a gun. And the fact that we don't know whether or not there was a gun that he was reaching for in that car should be really disturbing to everyone because they could tell us that they could stop the narrative in its tracks. And if he was unarmed, you can imagine that they would be saying so and playing it up because that would make their point of view more justified, but they're not saying that 
Why aren't they saying that? Why won't they tell us whether or not he was reaching for a gun? When is CNN going to show the picture of him with a knife in his hand? There was alternate video taken, not the nine seconds that the news has exploited and that people on social media have exploited for their own political goals. Okay. To pretend that what they're after is racial justice or a diminishment of police violence is insane. No one has the right to resist arrest and to fight police officers. They had a warrant for his arrest on sexual assault charges. When do people become responsible for their own behavior? Why does every one of these incidents get excused as an innocent person that was murdered by police? And I don't even believe Jacob Blake is dead. I think he's still alive and uh, in critical condition at the hospital, as you might imagine. But how in the world are we supposed to trust or respect the point of view that police need to be defunded and abolished by the same people who say, call the police when things aren't going their way and by people who won't police themselves? How are we supposed to imagine that the community was going to police Jacob Blake better than actual police officers? Is he just supposed to be allowed to go around harming people indiscriminately for how long? At what point does a criminal deserve to be arrested? Most reasonable people would say when he commits a crime, but apparently that's not good enough anymore. And what they say, the laws are racist. He could have put his chest on the car, put his hands behind his back and been cuffed because he's a criminal, but that is not what he did. I don't know how we got to this point. I mean, I do it's academia and brainwashing and this insanity under the guise of social justice. This is not socially just. This is not justice for anyone. This is exploitation of racial resentment and black pain. The, and it's done by the exact people who say that they are sticking up for minority communities and the wrongfully accused and the wrongfully imprisoned. That is not what they're doing. And the fact that the media won't say this and that Democratic leaders won't say this is unbelievable. Joe Biden's corpse is running for president and can't zombie out the words, there is no place in society for rioting and looting and violence and burning down innocent people's buildings and businesses and homes. There's no excuse for bands of idiots roving around Washington, D.C., threatening people who are trying to have a dinner on a patio, trying to force them to raise 
their fists in solidarity. He can't say that. And Kamala Harris can't say it. And no one can say it. Because they've promoted it. For five years. What are they supposed to say to the social justice crowd, to the extreme left who they're depending on for votes? They're going to tell all these people that they're morally wrong. They're going to encourage the mayors to shut them down and imprison them. No, they're not. And these mayors wouldn't respond to Joe Biden anyway, because Joe Biden carries no sway with the mob. You think Antifa and Black Lives Matter protesters, rioters, care what Joe Biden thinks? Joe Biden is a tool to them. Joe Biden is a get out of jail free card. Joe Biden is the statement like, hey, what you guys are doing is fine. Just keep going. And then what happens when Joe Biden and Kamala Harris get in? I mean, they won't, but if they were to, how do they shut it down? They just ask nicely. No, you've already catered to the mob. You've empowered the mob. The mob isn't there so that you can pretend to give people health care. The mob is there because they like violence and destruction. They are nihilists and anarchists who do not give a shit about anything or anybody. They are using political ideas to enact the same mayhem that they have always wanted to enact. This shouldn't be hard for anyone to understand. And if this isn't making sense at this point, I don't know what else to say. I mean, there's no reason even on May 27th why anyone couldn't have seen this coming. Of course, this was what was coming. If you have followed any of this stuff over the last five years, you would have known that. Violence in universities, violence on the streets, rioting, looting, the falsification of race narratives. It's disgusting. This is the most despicable thing I have ever seen in American life. I don't know, even know anything that compares to it. An entire political party and their media accomplices have been encouraging this. And now we expect they're going to be able to shut it down. They are hoping that Donald Trump does something that then they can, that they can then blame on him. Like they tried to at the Portland courthouse where they said the violence was going to end as soon as the federal officers went, went away. The New York times even ran an article about how the violence stopped immediately. But of course, that's not true because the violence is still continuing weeks later. How do these people think they're going to win any votes anywhere? And why would anyone vote for them? I know Trump bad. So the RNC went into its second night last night. Um, if you're not watching it, you should. Because I think you'll see a stark contrast between what the Democrats are trying to sell which is uh, Joe Biden's dead body in a basement and Kamala Harris um, 
representing people, which makes no sense at all. What is their campaign? Does anyone know? What does Joe Biden stand for? Does anyone know? They have an agenda. Does anyone know? What's on the agenda? Does anyone know? Who wrote the agenda? Does anyone know? It's not Joe Biden. Joe Biden takes AOC's climate policy. He takes Bernie Sanders' healthcare and college nonsense. And he mixes it all in to one socialist stew of nonsense, which there is no chance they will even attempt to enact once they get into office. But they'll run on it because they want to trick the people who support the rioting and the looting. People too dumb to notice that they are the racists and that they are not helping racism and they are not helping sexism. And you can see it. You could see it last night on Twitter as the RNC, you know, went through the speeches one after the one after the next. And the Kentucky Attorney General Daniel Cameron was one of the highlights of the night. He just seems like a great guy and a potential political superstar on the right. And you should watch him if you can. Uh, Melania Trump gave a speech at the end of the night in the Rose Garden. The audience was not socially distanced, which is a hilarious troll by Trump to the media. And beyond anything else that makes me support Trump and that made me consider supporting Trump was the fact that he is breaking the media's control over our lives. And there is nothing that could be more important than that because they are ripping our society apart. They are generating hatred for clicks. Don Lemon last night on CNN mentioned that uh, maybe it was time to stop the riots because they were being reflected in the polling and in Joe Biden's election chances. And so now, now it's become a problem because the heinous immoral activity of the last, what, three months has been fine up until the moment it started affecting Joe Biden's polling numbers. And that's where we are. That's where Don Lemon is. That's where CNN is. That's where the Democratic Party is. They still have not denounced the violence. And the violence has escalated. And no one cares. No one cares to know the real story behind any of these events. It looks good for white celebrities to post it on their Instagram. Make everybody think they're the good guy. You're not the good guy. You are not the good guy if you think the most important events in the country are not worth understanding before you become complicit yourself with violence and mayhem. That is not what good people do. That's what sociopaths do. And you have to understand that many of these people are indeed sociopaths. They collect in halls of power. That is what sociopaths do. They need attention. They need stimulation. And they like power. They don't care about other things. They use the act of caring as part of their pursuit of power. 
And it's funny because everyone, everyone says this about Donald Trump all the time. Just armchair psychologists and psychiatrists telling everyone what Donald Trump's mental deficiencies are. But they cannot diagnose their own side, even while their own side is spectacularly worse. And you can tell that the media is beginning to understand what is happening to them and where this is leading in terms of the election because they are getting crazier and crazier. You should see the things that they are getting mad at every night. Melania's outfit. I texted a friend as soon as she uh, walked down. I don't know what it was like the hallway or something. It was like an outdoor hallway. I don't know what you call that. What do you call that? It's not a terrace. I don't know what it is, but uh, she walked down and her and, and I immediately texted a friend. They're going to say she looks like a military dictator. Sure enough. That's what the articles are this morning. It's actually easy to know what the left is going to do all the time because you just have to think about how can I be victimized by everything that happens and then you pick them out like and it's not just victimized. It's being victimized, but being able to sound morally righteous about it. So what they did was say that Melania looks like uh, Mussolini and Hitler. As she spoke about the terrible things that are happening in terms of drug addiction and overdose and depression and suicide. And that's how they react to her. They focus on her dress they focus on her accent. Bet Midler's complaining that Melania can't speak English. That's xenophobia. It is exactly what they complain about all the time. They do the same thing with Tim Scott, with Daniel Cameron, with Kim Klasick, with Herschel Walker. I forgot to mention Herschel yesterday. His speech was brilliant. They're coons. They're Uncle Tom's. But that's not racist. And you know how it's not racist? Because they're the ones saying it. And they've already absolved themselves of that by posting Ibram Kendi memes on Instagram. So they can't be racist. They can't be bothered as to whether or not black America actually wants less police. They don't. They can't be bothered with any of it. Because they believe they're saving the world by trying to bring socialism to a country that was specifically set up to reject socialism. And the country will reject socialism. You can see who these people are, these media figures who constantly call everything racist and sexist. They constantly make everything an exploitation of those things. You can see them and what they get mad at. They get mad when women and minorities say things that defeat their narrative. They are furious that Trump had a nationalization ceremony in the White House. While most of the rest of America was thinking, my God, this is beautiful. This is why I love this country. But they step up and complain that Donald Trump is breaking norms by having that event 
in the White House. They complain that their narrative is not being proven true by his actions. But of course, the narrative has never been proven true by his actions. They are mad at Donald Trump's immigration policies. Even though they're the same ones, largely, that Barack Obama had in place, including the kids in cages, which is what most people think is Trump's immigration policy. It's not. But they'll happily slander the immigrants that are highlighted in the convention. They're happy to slander Nicholas Sandman, the kid who wore the MAGA hat as a Native American man, beat a drum in his face. The media and the Daily Show and, you know, all the respectable places talked about how the kid should be punched in the face or imprisoned because he was smirking as a man pounded a drum in his face. And now Daniel Sandman is richer than every bit of on-air talent at CNN. And he was paid by CNN and I believe the Washington Post because he sued them for their malpractice. And he won, as he should, because what they do is heinous. The media is the basket of deplorables. But they make fun of him. They make fun of his teeth. I saw a guy last night on Twitter, a verified person with his pronouns in his profile, making fun of Nick Salmon's teeth with a picture of like a, uh, an animated GIF of uh, a GIF, right? GIF of a donkey. Imagine that was the other way around. Imagine that was Tucker Carlson saying that about some black American kid that the Democrats had at their convention. What would happen? What would happen if any of these riots, if any of the intimidation tactics were being carried out by far-right extremists? What would happen? Everybody knows what would happen. But it doesn't matter because they're on the left and they can only represent the moral good as defined by the Democratic Party and the media and academia and tech and blah, 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 all the old guard. They define how we're supposed to act. And the way you're supposed to act is entirely independent from the facts of the situation. It's entirely independent from any coherent morality. They just do what they want to do, disregarding who it hurts, and then they rationalize it later. And it's sick. It really is sick. It's sick to watch. And people are like, well, I don't watch CNN. I don't like, yes, you do. Okay. You may not spend all your time watching CNN, but if your media intake is CNN and Vox and the Daily Beast and the Washington Post and the New York Times, and you follow all those media characters who are trying to make names for themselves on Twitter by outwoking each other. And you don't have the balls to say that you denounce the rioting, that you denounce the crime. You can't even be honest about the facts 
of the George Floyd case or the Breonna Taylor case or the Jacob Blake case? Why would anyone respect that? And, you know, people are like, well, I can't speak out because I might lose my job. And to them, I say, go fuck yourself. Like, I personally have put myself more at risk by saying the things I say than any of these people have ever in their lives about anything. And it is so pathetic. And they don't care because they think that when this all blows over, as if that's guaranteed, they'll be okay. They will personally be okay. I don't understand how anyone thinks that everything is just going to be okay automatically just because you're too young to know when it wasn't okay. It's pathetic. It's immoral. It's anti-intellectual. And then to go around calling other people uninformed when you can't even say that you're against mob violence, mob intimidation cancel culture, destroying people's reputation because they think differently than you. You can't publicly say that because you don't have the courage to say it. You're not a good person. You're not a brave person. The idea that there even has to be a silent majority is sad and a mark of a failure of society. It is bowing to mob rule. These people do not deserve your agreement, your assent, your complicity. And when you don't speak out, that's what you're giving them. And now I'm not saying anyone should speak out in public. I do not want you to do that if you really do feel in danger from doing it. I'm not trying to like put people in a bad situation they can't get out of. But I do expect people to talk to their friends and their family, anyone close to them who is open-minded enough to listen to them, who loves them enough to respect them, even though they disagree. Those people need to be talked to because this cannot last. And the fact that a morally good person tells another morally good person, hey, I think you're wrong. And I think that on your own morality, you will see you're wrong. That is more effective than taking heat online, okay? So if that's where you feel like you have to be, be there, all right? I'll take the heat online, it's fine. If LA all hates me, I will move somewhere else and have a nice life. I do not care about these people's opinions any longer. I didn't care that much to begin with. I enjoy and enjoyed my friends, but if they are not my friends, then I will find new ones or focus on the great ones I already have who have not only not cut off their relationships with me, their relationships have been strengthened because we have a mutual respect for one another that goes beyond political opinions. So I will be back tomorrow. At the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Listen to more hopes fall. Goodbye. If you like the show, please share it with your friends and give it a five-star rating on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. So new listeners can take your word for it. You can follow the show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at I'm your moderator. 
If you have feedback, you can email heymoderator at imyourmoderator.com or use the hashtag heymoderator on Twitter. If you'd like to support the show, search Be Reasonable on Patreon, where I'll have additional daily-ish segments in a special podcast feed of the show, as well as my writing and audio readings of those articles. You can also go to anchor.fm slash be reasonable and become a supporter there. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Be reasonable. Backing as moderator for tonight's broadcast.